0: Hey, and welcome to the Happy Rant Podcast. I am your host, Barnabas Piper. Well, at least your host for today's episode. Normally, Ted Kluck holds this position and does a fine job of point guarding this podcast along as Ronnie and I um, talk with him about whatever subjects we wanna talk about. We're kind of rambling and wandering to and fro and whatnot. Sometimes, however, when we try that, it just doesn't work for some reason. Technical reasons or we're all in a bad mood, or we pick subjects that just fall utterly flat. And so it's total trash, and we can't put it in front of you. That's kind of what happened this week. We just we, we tried an episode, and we got done with it and said, that will never see the light of day. So, because we care about you and want to put an episode in front of you, what we're going to do instead is release three of our Patreon-exclusive episodes. So most weeks, we release an, a bonus episode on patreon.com for people who support us financially. You can support us at a dollar a month or a hundred dollars a month or however much money a month. There's actually some free stuff that goes along with that at certain levels and you get these bonus episodes. So we're going to put three of those together into a single episode for your listening, hopefully enjoyment. The way this works is I pose a question to the other guys on these episodes and we talk about it for about 10 or 15 minutes. That makes up a Patreon episode, so you're going to get three of those. Before we get there, though, be sure to check out our sponsor, Visual Theology. We've talked about them before. You go to visualtheology.church. They have Bible study materials. They have theological study materials. They have posters. They have curriculum. They have a bunch of different things that are really well-designed, really clearly written, and are made specifically for parents, teachers, or just students of scripture to dig in in a fresh new way. Uh, It's hard to describe in some ways. You really need to go check it out. It is visual theology after all, not just me talking about it theology. So visualtheology.church, and then use the code HAPPYRANT at checkout to get a 20% discount on your purchase. Uh, Check them out today. Here you go. Enjoy these episodes.
1: Hey, welcome to the Happy Rant Patreon-only podcast, a very special podcast for the very special people in our lives. And I'm not referring to our spouses and children. I'm referring to our listeners, the best of our listeners, the ones who support us financially. Here's how this works. Piper brings an incredibly thought-provoking question to the table, and we vamp about it for 10 to 12 minutes. And pipe it's just you and me today. Our boy Ronald's very busy. He's uh he's out and about, having meetings all day, making things happen, dreaming big dreams. Sharing uh, tinctures. Te- yeah, texting us spellings of tincture. So apparently he had to run. He's like, boys, I got a heart out. And uh then I'll spend the next ten minutes texting you clever spellings of tincture. But uh at any rate, Piper, that's not the point. No the point not. is the question that you're about to drop on us, what is it? Yeah, so we had listeners who submitted <clears throat> wonderful
0: questions of which we just covered a couple on the on the the big show Mm -hmm. um and i'm going to hold on to those to continue to do on this but there's a question that i've been wanting to talk to you about ted uh particularly and it's a question about writing so i'm really asking this for my sake uh, and hoping Mm -hmm. other people enjoy it and it is simply this what does it mean to find your voice as a writer
1: oh wow
0: so this is That's this a, is a piece of advice that people always get when they're getting in writing. Oh, you gotta find your voice. Okay. That's like saying find your aura or yeah. your identity. What is what, what does this
1: even mean? What is finding yeah, your it's, voice? It's really amorphous. It's like a writer's conference psycho babble, you know. Um it's the kind of thing that sounds really good from the front of the room, but it doesn't actually mean anything. I, I think I'm gonna venture an answer and then I'll wanna I'll wanna hear your answer too. And I'm I'm guessing there's gonna be some overlap, but I think And part of what I do in college is to try to introduce my students to really great work by a variety of different people with different voices or styles. And I think step one of like ascertaining what your own voice is as a writer is like determining what you like and why you like it. And to do that, you have to read a lot of stuff. And for me as a writer, reading a lot of stuff is fun. Mm -hmm. Um, It's the part of like talent development in this business that I really I do get excited about. I enjoy doing it. So uh, especially younger versions of ourselves early in our careers. um, It was really fun to read a lot of authors and kind of grab on to different people whose styles I really admired. And I think in doing so, and it's the same like pathology that like musicians use, right? You know, when bands get asked about their influences, you know, you can hear the bands that they like in in their work. And I think it's the same for writers. So ascertaining what you like, why you like it is step one. And then I think step two is just practicing a lot, putting a lot out there. And in doing so, you kind of develop a rhythm, you develop a pattern, you develop, um, as you get older, a way of seeing the world that finds its way into the work and, so for me right now, the the thing that I really enjoy writing the most are these little, like one off, seven to nine hundred word like newspaper columns, and you know those got coalesced into an essay collection that dropped a year and a half or so ago called The Hard Thing on a Beautiful Day. But uh, I'm still doing the columns, and they, they always end up hitting at a level that's like um, two thirds humor, one third heartfelt, or you know, one third humor and two thirds heartfelt, but they're, they're all kind of on that spectrum. And I would say that's just kind of my voice right now. And, um, you know, I, I don't talk about it a lot and I wouldn't necessarily know how to define it in a more, um, kind of squared off way than that. But that's, that's kind of how it's developed for me. But I want to hear you on this pipe. Does that, does any of that resonate? Yeah, I especially I really liked the point about reading
0: a lot to see what you resonate with because which is different than imitating, you know, so you don't not you're not being derivative as a writer as much as I would like to communicate in the same manner as that person. Right.
1: The,
0: The thing that I run into is all of the writers who I love the most are fiction writers and I don't really write fiction. And so... Taking that, like the narrative style of Larry McMurtry, for example, mm-hmm. and doing it in Christian nonfiction is weird. It's tough to do, yeah. you know, because he's he's writing sparse dialogue and just these, you know, the way that he describes and kind of gets into the heads of his characters, all of which is great, really hard to do when you're talking about, like, what are seven ways to read the Bible or whatever. Um, right. So, and to me, I think voice finding your voice as a writer has to do with kind of, are you comfortable in your own skin? Yeah. You know, so when you're writing, do you feel like, yeah, that was me. Mm -hmm. I put me on the page. Um, Mm -hmm. As opposed to I put information on the page or I tried a new thing. You know, Mm -hmm. if you're, if you're trying stuff when you're writing, I don't, it's not bad. You have to do it. It's how you grow. Right. And maybe it's progress towards, you know, figuring out a voice. But you have to kind of come away and go, yeah, that, that sounds like me. I said yeah. what I intended to say as in, a, in as genuine a way as possible, according to me. And that's, really? a, that's very fluid. Um, mm-hmm. It probably changes from time to time. And I think, yeah, I, I think that the, the parts of my writing that I go, ugh, that, didn't, that doesn't have the right voice are the parts where I sound like I'm trying to be something else. Yeah, I'm trying absolutely. to write with the descriptive flair of another author or you know, with the theological terminology of a scholar or whatever and I'm like, "Yeah, that's just not me. I need to find the way that kind of that that punches the way that I punch, not the way that he yeah. does." And yeah. and so it's again, it's nebulous. But the way I think part of the way you can recognize it on the other side is when people say, "I, you know, I love your writing." like the way yeah. that you communicated that landed with me cuz it means that you found an effective means of communication which is different than like there are a lot of christian authors for example who I don't think hear that right they hear helpful book good ideas learned a lot all of which are useful <laughs> yeah.
1: things but not i loved your writing yeah you know
0: there's I not a style
1: viewed, there yeah i always viewed i love your writing as the best possible compliment you know what i mean that's that's the one that i think you and I are looking for in terms of things that people could say to us that would make us feel good as writers. And I, I can say from the, from the professor side of things, when I do see it in my students, it's really exciting. Like from freshman year to senior year, the, the better part of my roster, like they do find their voice, you know, they kind of find their groove and sometimes it's a particular assignment that unlocks it. Sometimes it's just, you know, like putting a lot of product out there through our, through our school paper, and then eventually they find their way into a voice. But for most of them, they do find it. And I think it's, I think it's exciting for them, and it's definitely fun for me.
0: Well, I think some of voice is learning your genres, too. You know, like yeah, totally. I'm a lot closer to having a voice when it comes to like writing on just the general Christian nonfiction realm. Yeah. Because it's what I've done the bulk of. What does it look like yeah. to speak genuinely, to speak evocatively, or should I speak, to write these ways, to be clear, uh-huh. to be concise? You asked me to write poetry, and I constantly feel like I'm just throwing words at pages, you know? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm trying somebody else's form. I'm thinking about poets that I've read, and I'm like, all right, Langston Hughes did this, but like he's a genius and I'm not. And, uh, you know, so... Your genre is a big piece of it, so it makes sense why, when you talk to your students or when, when you kind of see their progress, it might be a particular project because that essay, whatever was asked of them in that essay, a, a memoir, a a reporting mm-hmm. thing, a tell a story about that meaningful person, it hit the nail on the head for them, and somebody else yeah. is going to be the you know the theological argumentative essay, and you're like, "Oh, yep, we're right. really good
1: at those." two different yeah. things definitely, definitely yeah it's a it's a good question and i think I think a lot of writers or a lot of people who want to write they get like uh almost locked up by this question they feel like, oh my gosh, I don't have a voice or I don't know what my voice is or whatever but I think it's it's simpler because it starts at the level of what do you like you know and you like Larry McMurtry, you could probably talk for a half hour about what you like about him as a writer i mean I think that's that's baseline right yeah. And, um, you know, it's going to inform how you write, like you said, in a way that's not derivative, but in a way that's, you know, it becomes a part of who you are on the page. And um, that's fun. It's part of the and, and the same the same pathology holds for athletes, right? Like you and I were more limited in our athletic ability than we probably are in our writing ability. But like there were there were guys whose games I wanted to emulate and players who I liked and watching them would. You know aspects of their game would kind of trickle down into my game, and uh I think writing is the same way, and it's fun in the yeah. same way well and and yeah, that's a good parallel
0: because part of finding your voice is, is finding your role, so you know like I was a an utterly mediocre basketball player, the kind of guy who worked well on a team that had star players, yeah, but I, cause i could I could do certain things well and not mm-hmm. most other things, yeah and i knew that about myself which means that i mm-hmm. kind of found my basketball voice at that limited level where it's like oh i'm going to support the guys who are good not right. try to be that guy and so there's just which which means that once you find that you can be close to perfect at those things or at yeah. least that's that's the that's what you strive for i think writing is like that i you know i know what i can and can't do to a degree so i should strive yeah. to near perfection in that not yeah. try to be Langston Hughes or Larry McMurtry. Like right. know, those are not those are not my guys. I love them both, but
1: yeah. N- not the game I'm trying to have in this instance. Yeah, that's great, but baked into what you said there is a large degree of self-awareness and humility, <laughs> which I think a lot of writers don't have. So, That's true. I mean, and and that just I don't know how it's been for you, but for me like that has just come with age. You know, it's come with age. I think it's come with you know, the Lord, like refining my heart and a lot of other areas that yeah. were painful, but it's led to like a, a posture of, okay, I know I can't do everything and that's fine. Like I can celebrate it in other people. Yeah. I know what I am capable of and what I'm not capable of. And I'm going to try to, yeah, in the spirit of good stewardship, be the best at what I'm capable of. And, um, it's a peaceful place to land. And, you know, it's, It's just the Lord that's brought me there, brought us there. But it's a much more joyful way to be a writer than than the way that says I have to be the best at everything, you know. And it really helps you enjoy
0: other people's work more. So, for example, I think five to seven years ago, trying to co-author a book with you and Ronnie would have been really hard for me.
1: Yeah, because
0: it would have felt comparative. Mm -hmm. I don't feel a hint of that right now because when I read (laughs) the contributions you guys put in chapters, I'm like, that sounds like Ronnie and that sounds like Ted. I am not Mm -hmm. either of those guys. Yeah. But I can certainly jump off what they just did and give my best effort at a response. And so it feels genuinely collaborative as opposed to like some sort of skill measuring contest or like crossing (laughs) of writing swords or like, you know, who's the cock of the walk kind of thing. I I don't feel any of that
1: yeah man what a what a great word and i I totally agree, and I don't feel that either and but, yeah, I think a decade ago I would have felt it and um yeah you you would have been one of those guys that feels like you have to win everything, yes, and there's just a lot of things in the world that aren't set up that way and i think writing a book with two of your friends is <laughs> it, it's not a thing that you have yeah. to win you know yeah
0: it's and, it's not uh, a zero-sum game where there's a good and a, like a winner and a loser it can be like that actually right. the winner is the reader when we all do what we're good at
1: i agree 100 percent, and um and yeah i think i think it's going to be a good book and i think it's going to be good you know by by the very nature of what we're discussing you know we're all uh Far along enough in our lives where we can just enjoy each other and not be, you know, trying to flex all the time. And um, I've enjoyed reading what we have. You know, I, I think I think what's there is really fun. It's really lively. It really moves uh, the reader along. And uh, it's been a blast. So little shout out to our book project there, which um, I think we're getting close to being done with. Yeah, we like we got to be we got to be at about what, 70 percent or so. Just yeah. like,
0: every chapter has is either finished with a draft or we have a significant contribution. So we're, we're, we're pushing to the the finish line of draft one.
1: It was funny. We had that big flurry of texts the other day where Ron's like, Hey, what about this book? We got to get it finished. And, uh, and then it was kind of crickets after that. So. Well, (laughs) Well, and then the last
0: text on that was him going, yeah, I really need to find time to get back into this.
1: (laughs) Yeah. The last text was him being like, Oh yeah, it's kind of my parts. You know? So, (laughs) um, we'll get there one way or another pipe. This has been fun. We've done what we always do on our Patreon-only show, which is uh, go deep on one topic. Happened to be a really interesting one this morning, so thanks for bringing that to the table, and we will see you next time. Hey, welcome to the Happy Rant Patreon-only podcast, a very special podcast for our very special listeners, those who support us financially via Patreon. Uh, Here's how this works. Real easy setup, boys. Um, Piper brings a question to the table. Uh, it's usually intriguing, thought provoking and Mm. better than the thing that we just did 27 minutes of garbage radio on. Uh, and we are counting on that today, pipe, because, uh, we just did some really bad radio. I'm Ted cluck joined as always in our Patreon only studio by my good friends, my partners in radio, Barnabas Piper and Ron Martin pipe. What do you got
0: for us? All right. This one was posed by a Patreon listener. So again, um, it gets a little extra merit rather than those questions that are just submitted via Twitter and things like that. And it's simply, this is a wide open question. So Ronnie, I think this will suit you because it's not one of those, like pick your favorite top five, whatever. It's just like, you can go anywhere with this one. Oh, um, man. That's good, baby. What would you do if you, if you knew you could not fail? Like, what's, <sighs> what's something you would do if you, so maybe, maybe another time. way to put this is what's something you, you always wish you could have done. But like life just closed all the doors on it, or you're like, oh, I don't have the ability to do
1: that thing. Oh, good grief! Why does this bother you so much, baby? Can we can we go two minutes on the the pathology of, of this <laughs> of Ronnie I being mad not- at every Patreon question? <laughs> It's
0: no, I'm not mad. Dealing.
2: I'm not. I'm not mad at it at all. In fact, Let's like heal. I, I love these kind of questions. <laughs> they just grieve me because they feel too close, and there's too much regret already, just like surfacing in me, thinking about, oh no, what is that thing that I wished I could have done that, like because I'm 70 now, I can't do. You know.
0: Right. I know, baby. You're so other spotlight. than that, no. I you're a really good-looking it. 70. I'm just wish gonna throw it, that I? out there. Yeah, you've it, aged man. really well.
1: Are we saying good-looking, pipe?
0: <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> so what? what,
1: um, what yeah, would you do so, if you could
2: fail? Yeah. Well, gosh, man. I, okay, so I think, I think it would have to be something like, like I don't know, like Big T. I'm not trying to put words in your mouth, so, yeah. but I'm just using this as an example. Like maybe you would say, "Dude, I would, you know, I'd love to like, you know, I'd love to play for fill in the blank NFL team, sure, sure, you know, sure, play sure. the Super Bowl." Yeah. So yeah, it would probably be something like. It might even be something like I would love to do – I would love to, like, race one season of professional supercross and just yeah. come out of nowhere as an old guy, which is mm. impossible, and literally, like, win the championship and have everybody just go, like, what was
1: that? Okay. I'm, I'm interested in this. I'm
2: into because, it. Because it feels like it would be the most fun thing in the world to me.
1: Yeah, it would be a big story. You get yeah, to do the something. whole thing. Yeah, yeah. Some something that you enjoy doing. So, what's the what's like the ceiling for old guys in Supercross? Like, what's who's the oldest guy in the circuit right now?
2: Well, like the oldest guy that's ever like won like a yeah. championship is probably like thirty years
1: old. Oh wow! So yeah, it, it really is really a young man's wild. game.
2: Yeah, so if I came in as a seven-year-old man, it would be insane. I mean it would be like – like I would be the most popular rider that ever lived based on the fact that I did something that unprecedented. It would be like – no. talk about it forever it'd be that crazy. like
1: your your press conferences would be really good just because oh you'd gosh. have that like 70 year old's perspective on it people it'd would love it like, dude
2: is this guy like where did yeah. he and how is he dominating right now because if i mm-hmm. couldn't fail it means that in a 17 race series i would win every race 17 and races. that is something yeah. that nobody's ever done
1: gosh that'd be fun
2: so i'd break all the records age
1: wise
2: mm-hmm. uh race wise it would be insane. It would be so much fun. And then, Dude. and then here's the great part. After that obscurity, I never yeah. come back. I never race another season.
1: Your sponsors would be like Metamucil and Depends adult undergarments. You'd, you'd have a <laughs> bunch of like skewing older kind of. Well, I
2: would make I would make all my money because everybody would be throwing money at me for the next season, knowing that I wouldn't even be able to qualify to be in the show because I, I, I would go back to being who I am.
1: Yes. Yes.
2: And I'm assuming it would only be for this one shot, this one year, this one time. That's, that's how I'm viewing the question. Yeah,
0: not forever. So anyway, yeah. that would be fun.
1: I take it. Pipe, what would you do?
0: Man, I'm struggling with this question in, in kind of a Ronnie-esque way because the premise of it kind of undermines the question itself in some way. If yeah. you knew you could not fail kind of takes away the fun of succeeding. Mm. You know what I mean? Well, that's true. Yeah. Ch- that's true too. I mean, and now no, the way the way that you the way that you described it, Ronnie, is like kind of having the chance to compete. Like you're not guaranteed to mm-hmm. win. It's the like I shot it and, and just sort of coming to that culminating story, which which is better than like if it was just sort of a magic. You know, you will succeed at whatever you do. I kind of feel like it wouldn't be satisfactory. It would just be like, well, I'll just get rich off this or something. You know? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, so, that's, and if
2: you want to do that, you could do that. Like, in other words, like, I want to be able to, like, I've always dreamed of investing in something that can't lose. And if you can't fail, then yeah, you make, you make yeah. a bunch of cash.
0: Yeah. But I, I so I, I alternate between the, the two dreams that, you know, one is more creative and one is more like the, the childhood dream I've held on to. So one is sort of akin to what you said, Ronnie, sort of the Roy Hobbs baseball story. Like I'm 38, there are 38 year olds in the, uh, in major league baseball, but just coming up and and having like an iconic at bat or an iconic game or two at the major league level. Yeah, man. At yeah. this age, you know, like I I walked out there and you know I went deep off of I don't know. Pick your favorite unhittable reliever. Like I I took mm-hmm. Jacob Degrom deep to win a game for the mm-hmm. Twins or something like Pipe that. it's the no. same
2: dream, man. We're talking about
0: the yeah. same dream. And awesome. I mean, it's and it's the same kind of thing that we've wanted to do since we were kids. Except doing it as an old guy out of nowhere would be really cool.
2: It would be the Roy Hobbs dream, is what it would be.
0: Mm. Yeah. The other, the other dream would be sort of that. Um, would your abdomen be bleeding, a la Roy Hobbs? <laughs> <laughs> well, no, because I didn't get shot in a hotel room years before and then go into obscurity. Would um, you like maybe be married to Glenn Close? <laughs> eh, not at the not you, at this point in life. No. Did you have a child with her that you never knew about? <laughs> we're just, break, we're just breaking down the entire. Yeah, life. I mean, if we're gonna do it, we gotta. Yeah,
1: we gotta do I it. was
0: only thinking, I was only thinking of of hitting the light pole, you know, and <laughs> yeah, exploding yeah. the bat and stuff. So let's, that's probably you know, the let's, safer. That's the safer. Keep it. it keep is. this. Yeah, keep I this plot so. line real, real simple. Uh, yeah. The other one would be sort of the Harper Lee "To Kill a Mockingbird" like writing that one oh, novel dude. that. Yeah. That just – it never dies. It is – the only people who insult it are people who are just like – they're just hunting for things to hate because anybody with a brain thinks it's – you know, it's like, yeah, it just connects with humanity. It's kind of the perfect novel in a lot of ways or, or one of them. like east So thinking like East of Eden or that, but, but the Harper Lee one stands out because it's the only significant work that Harper Lee wrote. The other one that was published at post, you know, after her death was, didn't matter. What was it? Ghost at a yeah. Watchman. And so I, I think that it's one of those two. It's like the Roy Hobbs moment or the, or the To Kill a Mockingbird novel. That's like, that's it. I'm, that's the one I'm writing. I'm not going to write the John Grisham novel a year and people forget about them. <laughs> yeah. Just that one. Yeah. Dude, I love it. I love that too. I think
2: that's really cool. Like, to, I, cause I thought about that, like, right. Like, because that thing would just—you'd only
0: have to do that once, pipe, and then you're you're good. That's all yeah. you'd have to quick, do. Quick question, yeah. Ronnie: Would the same kind of creative satisfaction apply to a song? So, if you wrote a song that you know, because like they're they're just songs yeah. that continue to get radio play. They've been on for you know whether it's like something that the Beatles did or Bob Dylan did or you know the Rolling Stones did or whatever. That's like yeah, everybody knows these songs. They're just still yeah, part of totally- society.
2: It totally would. For me, I would make it an album, an entire album that was like the biggest selling album of all time so that the album, not mm-hmm. just one song lived, you know, on in, in right, for me, right. like rumors from Fleetwood Mac or one of these mm-hmm. records that sold 30 million units. And like everybody, like it still sells like, you know, a half a million copies a year and everybody talks about it and they still get the mm-hmm. cover of Rolling Stone every two years. You know, it's like that kind of a thing.
0: And yeah. if anybody ever surpasses them in sales, it's like an iconic moment. It's Oh, like, uh, 100%. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, okay, cool. That makes total sense. I just don't know the music world, so I didn't know if there was the same sense of like creative gratification. Oh,
2: totally. It would be amazing because it never dies. Mm. It's like you've created something that is um, timeless, and that's I think we all desire to do that, you know? Yeah, yeah. Ted, what you got? What is it for you, Big T? Lay it on us.
1: is well, I'm going to go the other way, okay? And, and yours are are great, and uh, I, I can relate to both of them very much. I just want to make money. I want to be like every other guy in my church who isn't me apparently and just fall like backside over tea kettle into a huge pile of cash, which is something that these guys all manage to do and that I I cannot manage to do so. Mm. I just want money. I want to. I want filthy lucre.
2: Well, babe, the, the the book's gonna drop here soon. You don't. I
1: well, mean, just Of give it a course. Minute. I mean. I <laughs> mean, give it a minute. The book is gonna become the Fleetwood Mac rumors of the publishing <laughs> of
0: of it. podcasting compilation books.
1: Podcasting niche compilation books. You know what? Absolutely.
2: That might that might be one that we might hit number one on Amazon with that podcast. I mean, <laughs> we what, might. What was
1: the word for it? What's
2: the category pipe you just said? Podcast compilation books. Oh, my gosh. I mean, that market is so
1: big, but I think pod, we might be able to pod, conquer it. Podcast slash compilation book slash Christian slash humor. Boys, I
2: can't wait till we get number one in podcast compilation books oh, on and, Amazon.
0: And a little, <laughs> yeah, sneaky fun one for uh, listeners here. You know, every new book hits number one in something on Amazon because Amazon creates categories. So, uh, yeah, we're 100% going to get that. And it's going to be well, so we'll be exciting. And
1: behind, like the liturgists or something kind
0: of <laughs> yeah <thing like> <laughs> <laughs> we're still behind john mark comer
1: cannot the preachers
0: win. and sneakers will they'll have this john one mark week where they just, they hit it preachers Get and some sneakers rest everybody, everybody. Yeah, yeah 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 maybe if we hadn't hustled so hard we would have got number one oh. well boys we've done what we always do <laughs> yeah.
1: well
2: well, hold uh, on, anybody. Big T. Yeah. Flesh, flesh out the money thing, man. Like, what do you like? Do you have anything specifically that you'd like to make the dollars from, or you just no. literally
1: don't care? See, baby, my whole problem is is wanting to make the dollars via something specific and wanting it to be some stupid, creatively like stimulating. Something you thing. might be proud of. Something <laughs> that I might be proud of. Something I might so, give a crap about. You know? Okay, well, let's let's uh let's roll this out there. What is the what is the what way
0: would you like to brag about having made the money?
1: See, that's my problem. I, I always, I, I want to brag. I want it to be something that I care about. And you want it to
0: be a bestseller of something. That's not the problem. just like, I'm, yeah. You don't guys want to be like money, a real estate
1: investor who just is who crushing. it. Guys
2: who make money it. are not arty.
1: They're not. Guys, they don't. No, care. Guys who make money are like <laughs> they don't. Yeah, care Yeah, invented like some new kind of rope or like <laughs> it I. It doesn't I bought, have to be their
2: passion. That's yeah, what no. you're
1: saying. Like I bought this tenement building downtown and I haven't seen it in two years because I hire out all the maintenance or whatever. Like it's that kind of guy that makes money and that kind of guy is not me. Because the money is the art. The, the money, money is the street. art to them. The money is the is the means yeah. to an end and the end. And um, Man, that's it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm depressed but, now. Okay, so here's I the thing Ap- after off. you made that money, you could then
0: write the book, The Money is the Art, and then you would have your oh, bestseller.
1: Snap. The Art of Money by Ted Clark. Oh. And it'll I, have it'll have that cover where like I'm in a suit and I'm like leaning on something and like one of my legs is cocked up a little bit. You you know, you know like the the image. Oh, I know. But yeah, Wouldn't know. you want I'm to go for cameras... like the Carl Lentz lat pose, you know, where you're like, how can I flex
0: half of my upper body into this photo at one time?
1: Exactly. Exactly.
0: exactly. Well, the money would
2: buy you those kind of abs, baby. Yeah. So you,
0: you, want you would you bet it would. Maybe I'm clicking like... on Amazon
2: right now. I just sent you a copy of the Depeche Mode study. Bible, I thought. Oh, wonderful. I yeah. Thought you could
1: use that right now. <laughs> It'll plunge me into a deep depression, which I'll <laughs> use to create more non-selling art. Um, it's a vicious cycle, baby uh boys i, I gotta go that,
2: i don't <laughs> know that any grand fours can make money let me just leave it at that that's just oh, that, interesting we need our, to talk more about that let's either. talk about that next time
1: yeah let's let's talk about it even off the air sometime it might it might encourage me to know that none of us are making money um <laughs> all right boys we've done what we always do here in that we've had a uh a much better session with the patreon question than with our our real content pipe as always listeners as always thank you for um just propping us up financially and um, allowing us to feel like the kind of rich guys that we can't be Um, until next time. Hey, welcome to the happy rant. Patreon only podcast, a very special podcast for our very special listeners. Those who support us financially. I'm Ted Cluck, joined as always in our special Patreon studios by my good friend Barnabas Piper and my other good friend, Ronald J. Martin. Uh, the setup here is simple, boys. Pipe comes to the table with one probing, interesting question, which we will vamp about for ten to twelve minutes. Pipe, what do you have for us this morning? This
0: was a listener-submitted question, so a Patreon listener again. So they have yeah. they have uh, Elite. Pa- they have paid to play, if you will. Um, it. And it's it's a different sort of question than what we've done in the past because it's a bit open-ended. It's a bit more yeah. personal. And uh, and it allows us to praise other people.
1: Who do so. you think is cool? <laughs> <laughs> that went over so s- well. Sl- so.
0: Slightly, s- slightly more specific than that. I think. And here's what right. I think. I think Ronnie's actually going to thrive answering this question. Unlike some questions Good. that we always get a Judas Priest on or whatever. Oh boy, here we the go. The question is this: What are some things that you appreciate about your spouse? Hmm. Oh. Man, which I thought a was one. a great question. I thought it was that's posed a great really well. Because it, cause it yeah. wasn't like what's your favorite thing? And uh and also we talk about our spouses, but always like in a specific context. You know, we were having a conversation, we were dealing with this thing, we were, you know, she said this, mm-hmm. but not mm-hmm. like we think they're great for yeah. these reasons.
2: Yeah, yeah, and I think we love praising our spouses. I don't
0: think mm-hmm. like we I think we all love doing that. We do it to each
2: other too even off the air. So yeah, that's a great question. I'm happy mm-hmm. about that. Yeah. 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 Who
0: would like to who would like to go first on the things we appreciate about our spouse's question? Dude,
1: um, I'll go first. Yeah, go for All it. Right. Big T. Dude, KK, amazing smile, amazing laugh, quick to laugh, huge, like loyal listener to these podcasts. KK wow. loves it when we drop new episodes. Um that just makes me feel good, man. It's it's sweet, it's kind. Um let's see we just enjoy spending time together. We like talking about stuff. Um, she's a great conversation partner, like the, the best at that. So as far as like people in the world that I want to talk to, she's, uh, she's tops top on the list. Um, yeah, that's a few things. I'm sure, I'm sure there are more, but we can, uh, we can get into more of them as we get going. Um, what about you guys?
0: Um, I'll I'll go I'll go next yeah, go with for it, a handful of things. Um, <clears throat> this is so open ended; it was almost difficult to answer. But one of the first yeah, things sure. that comes to mind is is that Lauren is, she's non dramatic, so like does not make a wow. big deal out of unnecessary things, at especially not at other people's expense. So she doesn't get like caught up in people's gossip or mm. talking trash about people. <clears throat> if we have a minor crisis in the home, she's never like blowing it up or taking things personally just calm patient realistic Mm -hmm. and and all that comes from a place of just being kind like she just kind of thinks well what's good for people in this situation and that shows itself in a million other ways too she's one of the most sort of like instinctively generous people i've met Mm -hmm. where she finds out somebody's Having a baby or going through a hard time, and she's immediately like, "Oh, we should do X for them," or "Oh, I can make this for them." You know, wow. she makes quilts for people. She loves to bake. She loves to drop off meals. Like, there's just her her instinct is, "Oh, I can bless them in this way," and it's never an obligation. It's always like she finds joy in doing it, which is is not my instinct. And That's so, a remarkable uh, quality. Yeah, I've mm. been I've I've had my character improved greatly just by kind of being adjacent to somebody whose instinct is to care for people like
1: that. That's awesome. That's really good. Yeah.
0: Um,
2: Yeah. I think when I think of big M man, I it's, it's a little bit of what pipe said too, you know, Um, big M is, she is just one of the most giving people that I've ever met. She's, she's generous. And I think um, one of the ways she's super generous is in the way that she has this ability to listen and to ask questions and to uh to care uh, specifically to care for me in that way because i'm such a verbal processor and for her to um to give me that time to do that um you know is really important and i think um just her 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 kindness you know Mm -hmm. um she you know she she puts up a lot. with with me just my, cause I'm, you know, she, I'm the, the bigger personality guy and she is not. So she's an introvert married to an extrovert. And yet, um, man, she just, um, I, and I, I think, um, I think she, I think God designed her to like have this, this rather large capacity to receive things and people Mm -hmm. that are unlike her in a very unique and gracious way. And, um, I, there's just nobody in the world I enjoy more than her, um, mm. by a long shot.
1: Not even at, your at Sea. Is it uh, close? You know. Enough? You know. Yeah. <laughs> I mean those those trips to Marshalls. I mean, even gosh, <laughs> you guys have got
2: you. you I, I have to stand outside and wait for him while
1: he's in there, guys. Well, do yeah, of course. I, I mean, you you're waiting in the car. You know, but Jared,
2: you go ahead, man. I know you gotta hit T J Max. I'm gonna um I'm yeah. just gonna hang back. I'm gonna hang back and, and actually just read the tweets that you're gonna be making while you're in T J Max.
0: <laughs> <laughs> exactly. While dude. composing some of your own Yoda tweets. <laughs> of course.
2: Based, based on those
1: tweets, right? Jared's T J
0: Max time is your Yoda tweet time. It works out for the best for everybody.
1: That's a that's a symbiotic relationship, Piper. Uh, they, they build on each other's strengths. You know? Should should we do? Should I mean we we've only gone six minutes. Should
0: we do one more round of one more thing? We appreciate. I love
2: how we can only go six minutes praising our wives.
0: Well, no, it's like six or it's like six or sixty. You know, yeah. like you could, you could write, you could, and all of us probably have written like entire pages about sure. things that we appreciate.
1: So I've got another one, and it's it's similar to big R's in that it it speaks to like how we deal with different kinds of crises in our household. Mm. In our family. KK is like amazing at the day-to-day stuff, like yeah. the little grindy day-to-day things, which quite frankly, I suck horribly at. That's the kind of thing I get like all glum and existential about. I tend to be really good at like the huge crises, like somebody okay. slashed their arm open and they have to go to the ER. Like I'm the guy you want with you in the ER Um, I'm the puke guy. I'm the throw up guy. Whenever anybody throws up, I'm like there with them and cleaning it up. Kk's terrible in those contexts, but she's amazing at like the rest of life, which is like 98% of life. (laughs) And I'm so thankful because if I had, if, if I had to live with someone who is as much of a baby as I am about like just the grindy little minutia of life, it just wouldn't work. It totally would not work. Um, another thing, we love like doing decadence in the same way. So like relaxing in the evening, the same way watching stuff together. Like we do all of our media consumption, like together for the most mm. part, which is a lot of fun. Um, cause it gives us stuff to talk about and we gravitate toward the same kind of stuff. So, uh, yeah, I'm thankful. Yeah. You that.
2: guys share a lot of commonality in sort of what, like your, your, uh, yeah. your
1: interests are like your, you know, yeah. you know, sort
2: of your, uh, yeah, you sort of like your media and your mm-hmm. um, your artistic
0: driven interests. I, I yeah, like that. Italian language, you know, detective yeah. shows and who stuff. Who knew, man? Yeah, who knew, who knew? for really. sure? Still sure. discovering things about each other. Twenty whatever oh, years in marriage.
1: It. You know. Yeah, I, I knew that it would it would all culminate in like Icelandic crime dramas. That's where this whole thing <laughs> has been headed. It It is. I mean, that's a
2: good marriage, though, Big T. Like, it if really you can, is. Yeah, if you, I mean, if you guys can find commonality in Icelandic crime dramas, I think that we would describe that as a as is a, a marriage that's just aces. You
1: know? Our marriage book is coming out soon. Boys. Oh, 100%. Isla- exactly. Yeah. Marriage yeah. and
2: Icelandic crime dramas. The title is Icelandic marriage.
1: Yeah. The a title is actually character. all just
0: consonants, like every Icelandic
2: name. <laughs>
1: exactly.
0: <laughs> it's a bunch of words like Bjork that
2: nobody knows how to pronounce. So exactly. You know.
0: Um okay I'll go. This is like this feels like youth group when someone's sharing like okay um I guess I guess that's my Now turn. I got to take a deeper um, dive. I get yeah. it. Uh t- two things that come to mind. One is uh Lauren's one of the first people I've realized has a a true sense of humor. Like she's not a joke teller. She doesn't uh she's not sort of the hub of the laughter wheel, but she loves humor. Like loves yeah. Recognizes it in other people appreciates it in other people is is sneaky witty but it's it's always just sort of like she like slides it into a conversation or like jabs back at me which is good because i need somebody who hits back sometimes verbally and so just like really enjoys light-hearted humor and uh as somebody who would be dead without laughter in my life, that's, that's awesome because we just, we laugh together all the time about all sorts of things. And as a perk, she thinks that I'm funny most of the time and is very free to tell me that I sound like an idiot when I'm not funny. So, um, I, and I appreciate that also. Um, I think the other thing, the other thing that comes to mind is how, how good of a friend she is. She's, uh, so she, she moved from Michigan to Tennessee a few years ago and has steadily maintained her handful of meaningful friendships there via phone calls, via visits. Like she doesn't just let friends drift once a friend is, is significant in her life, which is again, not, not something I excel at. Distance for me is usually like, well, if we see each other again, I'm sure we'll be fine, but we might not talk for three years. Um, and she's, she just kind of sets the bar for what it means to be a, a faithful friend. So, mm-hmm. uh, and that carries over into our marriage. Like she's just a faithful, consistent person. When somebody is in that circle of her friendships, like she's just, she's on it. Nice. That's good pipe. Yeah. You know, here's
2: what's interesting about me and, and big M is that we do not big T sync up well on our, on our media preferences. Mm-hmm. Um, so big, you know, big M is, is waiting for that, that new Liam Neeson movie to come out. You know what I mean? <laughs> and, uh, six, Yeah, for sure. And, um, and I have no interest in that kind of stuff. Uh You know, I want the, I want the weepy drama, you know, kind of Of thing. And she has, she has no stomach for any of that stuff, but here's, what's great about big M is she will just sit there and watch those things (laughs) with me because she knows that I, I love them. And
1: so that, that's part, that's part of her, sort of her, her,
2: her, her, the way that she,
1: you know, kind of cares for me. Now is she, um, yeah, no, that's big. Is she, is she locked in or is she like diddling her phone?
2: No, so she'll be so she'll like so you will never see Big M without her Kindle because she is constantly she's never not reading. Okay. So um she kind of just I mean it's it's basically she's married to me and the Kindle. Yeah. And
1: uh so shout out the Kindle.
2: Yeah, so she'll she'll watch it and somehow she'll sort of keep in step with it enough while you know knocking out a quick ten to twelve chapters you know over the course of the the entire program you know and uh, it's it's one of those things but I just want her there. That that's all i care about it's like you don't have to be all lockstep in with it just i yeah. just want to be able to sit there with you the other thing too about big m as you guys know is um i mean she 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 loves to cook and that's one of the ways that she shows love which is a huge benefit to me
0: in my life <laughs> um amen so, and amen
2: yeah amen and amen and so we love food we love going out and getting food we love and i'm i'm I, you know, I'm, I'm becoming more of a, uh, like, like a sous chef to her chefness, mm-hmm. you know, if that's a word. And, um, so we're doing a little more of that together in some ways. Now she's, she's teaching me that, you know, the ways of the force when it comes to cooking. Mm-hmm. And so, um, we, man, we really are lockstep into our, our love of food together. We do that a lot. So that's just something that we have a, a ton of commonality that kind of overshadows sort of our lack of media preferences.
1: You know what I'm saying? I think so it's that's time kind of for a, an Icelandic crime drama in your lives?
2: I think it might be because she yeah. would love that. Like, I like bet she, she would. would love that. Yeah,
1: yeah I, I have a logistical question
0: about these viewing habits. Um, mm-hmm. And maybe this does hasn't come into play. How do you read a book while watching a show that has subtitles?
1: Mm-hmm. That's that's a great question. I pipe. don't
2: really do so. I don't really do subtitle stuff, pipe. So maybe that's a question. Okay. for Okay.
1: Big team. Yeah. yeah. So for us, I mean, if we're if we're watching a subtitled show, we're not also trying to read. So, you know, I, th- I think with the two of us, there's a sense of being locked in on the Icelandic crime drama together. <laughs> um, that's the, that's the main event of the evening when it's, uh, when it's on. So, I appreciate um, that. I did that. yeah, I know. I think you just have to compartmentalize your life a little bit, you know, and, right. and we've tried to build more time in for the Icelandic crime dramas. And, um, I think it's bearing fruit right now in our lives, to be honest. You know, it's been a good it's been a good discipline for us to develop. Um, mm. So it's yeah, I know. I know it's working out. But uh, mm. boys, we've we've done what we always do on this episode of Patreon only radio, which is uh, go 10 to 12 minutes for our very special audience. Um, it was fun talking about our ladies, man. They're uh they are they're better halves for sure. So um, and I think they're all coming to Texas. Right. I don't oh, think cool. Lauren can because of work stuff, but I mm. don't you know Mets, man. Oh, well, yeah. Oh, well.
0: Ne- Maybe next time, next,
1: them. we just have to plan another live show. Exactly. Yeah. Iceland. I mean, she better come to Iceland with us. Oh man. dude. She has to be in, she has to be there for the ice. She, pod. she
0: would be the first to say that she needs to come to Iceland when we get that one booked for sure. She would, yeah. uh, she loves to travel. So for you can't. Yeah, I'll just be
1: in the room watching TV the whole time, you <laughs> know, cause our, we'll, we'll be in the, the homeland of our shows. <laughs> Nevertheless, boys, um, another topic for another day. Um, Patreon listeners, we will see you next time. The Happy Rant is brought to you
0: by Resonate Recordings. If you go to ResonateRecordings.com, you can see the full range of services they offer. So if you're considering starting a podcast, they are the ones we recommend going with.